0: Welcome Impactful Parents! It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-age child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Thank you to today's podcast sponsor, Kiss Naturals. Want to keep your kids off the screen and getting into some creative stuff? Have them make 100% natural, made in Canada, lip balms, soaps, bath bombs, and lava lip gloss. Your kids are going to beam with pride when they have completed their DIY project. Only $24.95 each. Please visit kissnaturals.com and use the promo code KIDFUN for an extra 20% off. See the show notes for a direct link. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today we're going to be talking about how can I manage all the things and not drive myself completely nuts. Hello, my name is Christina Campos. I'm founder of The Impactful Parent and I help parents of school-age children turn their chaos into connection with their adolescents. I am a mom of four kids, a teacher that has taught every grade from preschool through high school. And today I help moms and dads like yourself to navigate that exhausting, confusing, frustrating, and rewarding world of parenting. So welcome to The Impactful Parent. Now, let me introduce you to my co-host and my best friend, Melissa Clark. Melissa is a mom of three and has been a teacher, a social worker, and a therapist. But Melissa found her true calling with Gestalt Coaching. And today, Melissa helps people heal past wounds and step into their best self with the Gestalt Method of Therapy. Welcome to this episode of The Impactful Parent, because we're really glad that you're here. Today's episode is all about how can I manage all the things and not drive myself nuts. And I'm super excited to mention that today, Melissa and I have a special guest. Her name is Allison Task. Now, Allison is a best-selling author, a life coach, and she has helped thousands of people transform their lives by pursuing meaningful and personal and career goals. Allison, has four kids herself. And I'm really excited to have her on the show today to give us some tips and parenting hacks for getting our shit done and just not going crazy in the process. So, <laughs> welcome, Allison. Let's get started, ladies. How do we even approach this question of managing
1: all the things? You know, it's so funny when I when I was listening to you give this beautiful, energetic preview to your sh- show and saying all the things and you just said it again. Right? All the things. My first thought is, what do you drop? Um, my best friend is a as a doctor and she does end of life care, end of life care. Right. She's all about triage. What's most important right now and what can wait. Um, and so when I hear you th- say all the things as we're entering, you know, into the holiday season, I think, all right, what well, can you take off the list? What can you say no to? So that's always the first thing, right? Always the first thing is what's absolutely important? What doesn't have to happen, right? Um, what what gifts can I do a little bit lighter? Um, what parts of the meal can I skip? What social obligations can I say no, thank you to? Because in the end, I'm more depleted than filled. So first, how do we get leaner, right? And then when we see what we're left with, um, how, do we come, how do we come? become more efficient? For some reason, it seems like carpools have gone the way of the wayside. You know, I remember when I was little, I was carpooling all the time. That seems to not be happening anymore. Maybe people are hiring their own nannies. Maybe people just, I, I know people don't have more time. So it's, it's interesting to think of what you cannot do and then what you can optimize for the things you do want to do. So to continue on with that, are there specific tips or hacks that you have for parents. Like I love the carpooling idea, but something really specific like that to help put just generate more ideas of how we can make things more efficient and intentional with our time. Well, efficient and intentional to me are are pretty different things. So let's do one at a time. And I'm just gonna go with intentional because I like that more. Um, so there's a lot of people I I pick up my kids from school every day, and I do it because I chose a school or in a an elementary school. It's a public elementary school, but it has this huge backyard, right? It's a huge yard, big soccer field, multiple soccer games going on at a time. And I think it is a great perk of that school to have that physical space, right? Where I live in the suburbs, there are parks, but they're underutilized because from what I can tell, a lot of people are inside playing games, not so much outside. But when my kids burst out of school and they do, um, they're there with all their friends. We've similarly bursted out of school. So today I will bring a soccer ball and a football and see how long we can stay there. Sometimes it's half an hour. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. The weather's good today, right? So it's probably going to be a long day. So I'm going to be very intentional about the school we went to, the physical space we have, the other children there, and I'm going to be intentional about using that space. So if you choose to pick your up kids up from school and you want to be intentional about it, enjoy it. Right. If you don't enjoy it, don't do it. The things that you find yourself resisting, find someone else to do them, find another way to get them done, and make the things that you choose to do things you are enjoying doing. So that's what I would say about intentionality. Efficiency um, is a different thing, right? We we two of us here have, have four kids. Melissa, I'm not sure how many children you have. Mm-hmm. Also, great. Yeah, okay, good. So, so everyone's outnumbered between the parents and the children. So, an efficiency is, y'all want to play sports? Pick the same sports to play, right? Pick similar sports so we can do it. I have twins, so when my twins play the same sport, life just became a whole lot easier for me. I have a rule: you can play two sports a season. That's it. Two. T- I have three children in the home now. Two times three equals six. That's six sports throughout the week that I'm getting you to multiple practices, multiple things. That's my limit. My kid wants to play more. You can do one travel and one rec. That's it. Right. So that's putting boundaries and limits. I remember hearing once uh, Michelle Obama said, you will play two sports. You will engage in two arts. I pick one. You pick one. I'm not as badass as Michelle Obama, so I'm OK with just limiting it to two and two. But having limits on it is really critical. Uh, One of my children was recently saying, I hear all these parents complaining about all the sports they have to take their kids to. And it's such a pain and all that. And I was like, you know, the funny thing is the parents choose to do it. The parents pay for it. The parents make the, you know, set it up. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah, I'm going to
0: comment on that because there's so many families who are stuck in a cycle of feeling like they're obligated to do all the things and their kid has to be in this and they have to be in that and they got to do this too. And we got to volunteer. And really, where is this pressure coming from? I'm going to challenge parents that are feeling like that, that are listening to this right now going, where is that feeling coming from? Who's telling you that you have to? Because you don't really have to. I mean, there must be a goal that you're trying to achieve. Are you trying to get your child into an Ivy League school? So is that why they have to do all the things so that it could be very impressive on a resume? But what is your why? What is your why for feeling like you have to put your kids or yourself in all the things all day long? Is it for that outside attention? Is it for the resume? Is it because you're trying to get into something? Or are you just putting too much on your plate? And there really isn't a reason why it'd be okay to to take something off and give yourself a little bit of grace. Yeah. And I love what you said about um, boundaries, because I feel like there's a lot of parents who, oh, I want to let my kid explore whatever they want. Like they're interested in math, but they're also interested in learning to play the violin. And they're also interested in learning how to dance. And so they try to figure out how to do all three when really it's not saying that your child can't learn how to dance. But let's say this season, you know, maybe from from August to the holiday end of the holidays that's all we have time for are the two. You're not saying no, you're actually teaching your child how to prioritize their own wants and needs so that you can, everybody can get something done and really dive deeper. I guess you're teaching your child the value of diving deep into something in a rich way versus a whole bunch of little stuff surface level. And so I really, I really like that suggestion.
1: I love doing less and being mindful. And, you know, as parents, you know, building on what you're saying, if you're feeling like, uh, I can't, this is too much, right? Your child will feel like that too, right? So to teaching them to pull back a little, teaching them to, the word use is prioritize, which is key. You prioritize when you're feeling overwhelmed and teach them that skill also. Okay, cool. Come January, you can either continue or pick a new thing. Yeah, It's actually funny. My one son said, I guess some parents were complaining about how serious sports are these days and how so many kids have, you know, practices four days a week and all this stuff. And my son came up to me and goes, but I'm just 10. Like, shouldn't I be playing all the sports now and just practicing all the things? Isn't this the time I have to experiment and learn and see what I like? I was like, oh, it's so true. You're so right. And I guess that's what gym class is for, but you're not going to do travel team for all the sports, right? That's what rec is. That's what one day a week is. That's what camp is right, to try the things. Yes, I love that and giving them the, a little bit of choice and saying, "What? okay, this is what I wanna be doing, this is what I don't wanna be doing, With especially with how many children you guys have and with picking the different sports and after school activities. I'm super curious of how you manage that with the schedule and the equipment that's needed. Like, do you have any tips for our parents of how to manage that just like the day-to-day Well, the schedule and the equipment, or let's start with the equipment, because I feel like I've got that one really good. Um, The equipment is something I can manage, right? I buy it, I clean it, I store it, and then the kids have to get it from A to B. Um, The little ones, the 9, 10, and 10 are not at the point. You know, middle school, high school, that's my eldest, then she can manage her own gear. Um, But I have hockey player, football player, it's a lot of gear, Right. I have an outdoor locker room and an indoor locker room. No cleats come in my house. I have a porch. There's a whole setup where you put your bag, you put your helmet, you put your gear. It gets nice and air cleaned, right? So they all know where their gear goes outside, where their cleats go outside. And then inside for the stuff that needs to be washed, next to my washing machine, I have a like a lock, lock, what is it called? Like a rack. And all their uniforms, practice uniforms, socks, everything go on that rack. Because I don't need to bring their sports gear up to their room. And then, and then, where is it? And I can't find this. You don't ever have to worry. It's either in the outside locker room or it's downstairs in the locker room. That's where the sports gear goes, period. I'm so happy with this. I just did, redid my basement very intentionally to have the downstairs sports locker room. Works for me. Comes out of the laundry right there. Here we go. Um, So that's that. The other question was managing practices. So- I will favor the more well-organized sports. If you decide to change practice on me last minute, I may or may not get there. And there are some sports that are, you know, volunteer run that just are a little bit more haphazard and casual. Um, My son's football games, we don't know until the Thursday or Friday before a Sunday game when the game is. Okay, football is really important to my kids. So I block that off on all Sunday is blocked. When you tell me the game is we'll get to the game and the rest of Sunday, we're just not going to make plans for eight sat- eight Saturdays during the year. So that's my choice. I make ease for myself. I tell my kids every season you have a lead sport and a support sport and the lead sport gets at least two practices a week and the support sport gets whatever we can fit in. But we have to make, we we have the priority before the season even starts So we don't have to wonder, which do we do? We already know. If your sport has three practices a week, you can make two because that's reasonable. And then I hustle to get there. I have made my schedule so that my day starts at seven. My day ends at 2.15. I'm at school at 2.30 and I do the afternoon. And I'm like a little Tetris master with my kids schedule and driving them places and stuff like that. And I've just got it locked in. And if a play date works, it does. And if it doesn't, it's not happening because these are the priorities we made. And we'll see you on Sunday whenever football isn't. So
0: I hear you saying routine, <laughs> like that it's structure. There is my guess is that in order to stay as organized and on top of things as you are, your life is pretty regimented. You have things. Uh, set up so kids know exactly where to put their stuff when they come in from the house I would imagine that you get out of the house pretty much at a scheduled time every single day and come back probably very similar and on the outside that might look really really boring to do the same thing (laughs) all the time every single day but from the inside That makes you efficient and your kids know exactly what's expected of them. And it has less fights in the house because now they know what to do. And I would imagine that from the inside, now you have more time for yourself because things take less time because now you're not nagging as much. And I would imagine that it looks like, I mean, this is just from creating a really solid routine with your kids. Yeah, it does. And routine is so underestimated by parents. I mean, I say it over and over again. If you have been, been listening to me for any time, I'm always like, routine! Because it does alleviate so many arguments. It does free up time in your schedule. And more than anything, it gives kids security, that feeling of safety, because yeah. they know what is expected of them. When they don't know, that's when chaos ensues. That's when they don't really understand what's expected of them. Now they get anxiety. They start to a bit really anxious. Routine, although from the outside, Is boring as heck. (laughs) From the inside, it can make your life so much more efficient. Um, So is there any part of or anything particular, a part of your routine that you're like, yeah, everybody needs this?
1: Oh, that's really good. You know, before I answer that, I just want to say part of that I learned from classroom teachers, right? Since you've both done that. When I would walk into preschool and the children knew where their snack went and knew their, their coat went and knew where their book bag went, I'm like, Huh? we can do this at home because the only way these teachers can have fun and teach and learn and grow is if they pass the responsibility for things onto the children. And so I thought that was like this majestic symphony of structure that powered the fun, that powered the joy. So once that thing's on, you know, like once you know where your coat goes, once you know where your keys go, you don't think about it, you don't sweat it, you don't stress leaving the house, everything's cool. So I just, I marveled at how, I just marveled at preschool generals, teachers, and all teachers in general, but getting a group of, you know, 15 or 20 kids to enter a space, right, entries and exits, they made it so streamlined and I really appreciated that. Um, so something I have that everybody should have, well, so it's funny, you know, every phase is so different and as your kids, kids grow, they can do their own things. So I think um, this year they're really good at cooking They're better at cooking their own breakfasts, eggs, toast, whatever. They're good at making their own snacks. So test the limits of what your kids are ready to do and let them do it. Um, You know, my one kid's a, a hockey player. He could tie his hockey skates. Most kids in the locker room can't. They don't want to. They're not there yet. But look around at peer parents. I just found out like all these kids, my kids always take showers at night. All these other kids are taking showers in the morning. I was like, oh, that's interesting. If they're up early, that is a better time for them. So it's just always like um, tweaking your system and seeing what your kids are ready for now, right? My kids are 10 and 9. When I think about them driving, I get like way freaked out, right? That's two steps too many. That's six years. They're not there yet. But they are ready for some middle steps. Um, Independence, right? Pretty early, I let them walk to the library on their own, walk to town. The last few years they've been walking into town on their own, taking their money, making their own choices, right? Second grade, third grade, I allowed them that privilege. So whenever you can challenge yourself to say, what might the next developmental move be? What might the next independent move be? doing laundry. I have one child who folds laundry like a champ, one who empties the dishwasher like a champ, like all those things start having them be part of it because it's empowering and it's it's really good for them and you.
0: Absolutely. That's teaching responsibility. And it's it is empowering, truly empowering your children. I mean, the goal is for us not to uh, take care of them after the age of 18 if they we can possibly help. But we want them to be independent young adults. And how else do we do that unless we Allow them to do that. <laughs> they got to practice underneath our care so that they're ready to hit the show running once they're they're ready to leave the nest. Well, that brings me to my last question, and that's about mom guilt. Because when moms can't do all of the things, we experience mom guilt. It's horrible. We start to get depressed, we feel less. It's really bothersome because we think that other moms are doing so much better. Why can't I? So we start to experience this mom guilt of I'm just, I'm not hitting the par. I'm not getting as much done as I need to get done. And if I'm a mom and I'm listening to this and I, I just haven't gotten those ro- routines and systems put into place yet to help me get all the things done, I'm probably experiencing that. So mm-hmm. do you have anything that you can say to mom guilt and maybe how can we deal with that until we can, you know, get some of these systems into place?
1: Well, I love you bringing that up. It's an, a really important topic. And it's, um, you know, are, uh, the question I would ask is, are you feeling mom guilt because you're doing less than your neighbor? Or are you feeling guilt, mom guilt, because you're feeling le- like you're doing less than you know you're capable of doing, right? So if it's you're doing less than your neighbor, look at your neighbor. For, so for example, I'm not good at throwing parties. I'm not good at getting gifts. I'm not good at doing art and having a mess in the house. Like I know some things I'm not good at doing, but like other moms are so good at crafts and host these amazing parties. And I go to them and I am so grateful, but I don't put the pressure on myself to do it because I just know it's not my skill. I do have other skills. I'm good at volunteering. I ran the PTA. I'm good at organizing. I'm good at um, all kinds of social justice work. Right, so I put myself in the areas where I'm good and I let other people do the things where they're good and I don't get mad at myself for that. I just really put my energy in where I'm good and that feels good. Um, If I'm mad at myself for not doing all the things, I can relieve myself. Like some people are math people, some people are word people. Like, which are you? Find the mom things you're good at and do them. Um, When people have a play date at my house, they know their kid's gonna get their homework done because before we do anything else, we do homework. Other moms give my kids lots of treats and candies and cookies and have fun at that mom's house. That's how she does that. That's how I do it. I'm not trying to be her. She definitely doesn't want to be me. So it all it all comes out in the wash. So you've got to be okay with what you're able to do and just do that and forgive yourself for that which you're not.
0: Yeah, really stepping into who you are and not who you aren't. I think that's really important and so difficult for so many moms to do, but we'll say it over and over and over again until they get it.
1: <laughs> like, it's okay. Give yourself grace. It's okay to yeah, rest. And, and appreciate your neighbor, right? I told one of my friends, like, my son loves having play dates at your house. He has a list of who the best moms are. I'm not even near that list. Like, you guys are all so good and so kind and generous, and it means so much. Thank you.
0: Now, if people are resonating with everything that you're saying, you are a coach and you are an author. So tell us, how can people get more of you?
1: Well, thank you. So I try to keep it simple. I have one portal to me. My name is Allison Task, and that's also my website. So it's Um, You can find my books there. You can find my coaching session. All that stuff is right there. want to set up a session with me um i do different coaching packages but it always starts with an intro session so you go to slash intro um i've written five books but my best-selling book is called personal revolution and it's a diy coaching guide it's um it's quite cool it's built on you know i've now coached for almost 20 years but my first it was my first 10 years of coaching it was a best practices based on that like a simulated diy coaching program it's called Personal Revolution. You can find it on com slash book or Amazon. Many libraries carry it, but it's called Personal Revolution, and it's written by me, Allison Task.
0: Thank you so much, Allison. I hope that everybody goes out, gets your book, checks out your website, get your coaching if that's what they're needing in their life, because you have a lot to offer. So thank you for being here. Thank you to today's podcast sponsor, Kiss Naturals. Want to keep your kids off the screen and getting into some creative stuff? Have them make 100% natural, made in Canada, lip balms, soaps, bath bombs, and lava lip gloss. Your kids are going to beam with pride when they have completed their DIY project. Only $24.95 each. Please visit kissnaturals.com and use the promo code KIDFUN for an extra 20% off. See the show notes for a direct link. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for
1: listening today, so go to theimpactfulparent.com. And see you next episode.